said Valentine In a place known as Hanniger Mine A legend began Every woman and man Would always remember the time And those who remained Were never the same You could see the fear in their eyes Once every year As the 14th draws near There's a hush all over the town Welcome everyone to Honey Radio This is season 5, episode number 2 Because we've been a little bit neglectful <laughs> That's okay We've been busy, we've been busy We've been, we've been very busy This is our Valentine's edition of Honey Radio And what better topic to discuss tonight Than my bloody Valentine My name is Kat, I am the head honey I am joined this evening by our zombie honey Bella That's me and our classic Sunny Sam. Hello. And my cat Suki. Ah, cute. <laughs> All right, my loves. This is oh god. Okay, so I I'm I'm the worst Canadian in a lot of ways. Um but I have a very <laughs> special place in my heart for the original My Bloody Valentine. In fact, it's the only My Bloody Valentine I acknowledge. <laughs> Reasonable. <laughs> Nineteen eighty one was a really good year for horror movies, um, and I'm not normally uh, an eighties slasher movie uh, wanker, but I will be about my bloody Valentine. And I think it's impossible to talk about eighty slashers without talking about um, Harry Warden and without talking about the minor. But he gets forgotten so often because hey, Jason and Michael and Freddie are in town too. Very true. Um, and I mean, it's uh, it's been observed many times that the plot for My Bloody Valentine does follow the same kind of um, formula as Friday the 13th, which is fine. Fun yeah, I mean, Friday the 13th, though. Well, yes, of course, it's more fun. <laughs> I mean, teenagers are dying. It's a nice, appropriate holiday. You know, and it's, uh, teenagers are dying. Go back to holidays. that. <laughs> I, know, I know. Go back to the teenagers dying. But I mean, it's one of those unexpected holidays too. When you think of holidays for horror movies, it's not necessarily Valentine's Day. I mean, it could be considering you know, like stalkers and shit like that. Like that's creepy in and of itself. And what better way for what better holiday for them to like present themselves in Valentine's Day since it's all based on <laughs> bullshit romantics anyway. Like all that unrequited love. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's when I like to kill my. No, I'm sorry. What? Wait. What? No. What? No. <laughs> that's not inside right. voice, Bella. Inside voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my, my bloody Valentine, 1981 uh, premise is easy. Valentine's day is coming around and the young people of the small mining town of Valentine's bluffs are organizing a party. A few decades earlier, an explosion at the mine trapped six miners underground. One of them, Harry Warden survived though. He survived in a deranged state because don't they always uh, warden was sent to a mental hospital again. Don't they always, but escapes. Wait, again, don't they always? And murders those he deems responsible for the mining accident. Now people are being brutally murdered again, and the townsfolk suspect it is the work of Harry Warden. And he's like the, the footloose slasher where, you know, they're celebrating Valentine's Day, so he's got to come back and take some <laughs> There's no dancing on Valentine's Day. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> At least in, in the original, it it made sense that he was coming back on Valentine's Day because the, the whole plot was that the uh, four men at the mine were negligent. They left them down there, they went to the dance, and a whole bunch of guys died. And right, absolutely. They just like kind of forgot about that in the remake, or I don't know what they did in the remake. They didn't do it well. They ignored but, it completely. But yeah, they did. They changed that part altogether. There's a reason for Valentine's Day to be meaningful, and I mean, sure, you can just set something on a certain holiday, and but if you're going to really like make it a weird, fun, memorable slasher movie, you have to really embrace the holiday. Absolutely, you're gonna, you're gonna get in. Absolutely. And, and they and, I mean, do. There's hearts there's all, everywhere. There's all they are this, into it. There's hearts everywhere. There's 
uh, candy everywhere. There's chocolate everywhere. And I just love how decorated the town is too. Like they go all fucking out. Yes. I also really love the discussion of the, um, the dress that has a slit up to here and that comes down to here. I was just like, Oh, that's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So eighties. It's so eighties. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So the backstory for this one um, is more of a myth than anything the backstory is hinted at, but the tragedy is still very, very fresh in the minds of everyone in the town. All the old people are pissed off. There's a dance. And it's it's a really good kind of um, vague setup. Yeah. And I really love that they, they don't really, they don't really give you any of that, anything to go on until that first heart is received and then they Mm -hmm. kind of fill it in, but they don't just, it's not like this giant expose about what's going to be, you know, what the background is. And I appreciate that. Um, Yes. So that, that was good. There's no, you know, monologuing and that's always appreciated. Or a movie. Who could afford it? But it's it's so effective. It's just yeah. It's it, that's what adds to the reveal at the end because on it is Harry Warden or not because you haven't found that much out about him and you don't know mm-hmm. how he ticks. So it it works. Whereas to the remake, but it just doesn't make any sense because they throw so much at you so fast with the backstory in that one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Captain Exposition, dear God. <laughs> Ooh. So my favorite uh, piece of trivia about My Bloody Valentine, of course, is that it was filmed in Canada. It is full of Canadiana, and if the plaid doesn't give it away, the accents will. Um, if you go oot and a boot in the woods today, <laughs> I find a miner with an axe. Um, so this was filmed in the Sydney mines in Cape Breton's economic crisis uh, with the Sydney Steel Corporation in 19... 19- the 1980s, early 1980s, they had pollution problems trying to decide whether or not to shut the factory down. And it was thought that the filming of My Bloody Valentine would promote tourism in the province. That's hysterical. Isn't that amazing? Come visit us. Look at all of the death. Exactly. Come visit visit the mine and see where all the people died. Like, I would go, but I don't think I'm their target audience. I I don't think so. Like, I... (laughs) It's <laughs> total honey field trip. Apparently, some of the uh, the miners' houses that were used in the background are still there. At least they were there in 2015. Um, and the Esso station that is featured is still in the town. Oh, <laughs> because that's Cape Breton field trip now. That's Cape Breton for you as well. That's wild. Come get some deep fried scallops and tour movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm sorry, Eastern Canada. I'm sorry, not sorry. (laughs) So the body count in the original isn't super high. Uh, It's at 15, which I think is quite respectable. It should have been 14. It's higher in the remake. Um, I actually watched a YouTube video where somebody broke them all down and counted them up. Oh, no. I'm very. I can't impressed. even remember half of them in the remake. They, I mean, I know they happened. I remember a woman got her head cut with a shovel. I watched these films like two days apart, and I can barely remember the remake. Yeah, it's probably a good thing. original. Like I remember the guy getting the nails through the head, and I remember like the opening kill, getting the pickaxe through her body. It's mm-hmm. so vivid in the 1981 version that it just feels like a lot more carnage is done. Absolutely. And the, and the kills are super original too. There's some really original fun things that happen. The laundromat is my favorite. Yeah. That one was really great. The bright colors and just the way the body just chunks around. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That (laughs) one is my favorite. Fantastic. And I mean, what is funnier than drowning someone in boiling hot dog water with the little hot dogs like bumping against his face? Those poor hot dogs. Those poor hot dogs didn't know what they were in for that day. Is there more indignity in death than dying in hot dog flavored water? I also love that nobody even looks in the refrigerator. Like, oh, his body is in there, but no, we're just going to talk to these people looking at hot dogs and grab the beer. Like, you know, I have never once opened a refrigerator and not looked in it, but I'm a hungry bitch. So maybe that's just me. Well, I mean, I do that when I go to people's houses that I don't know. You can tell a lot about people by what's in their refrigerator. It's true. You can. It's true. It's true. 
true. <laughs> yeah, I felt like the original was was way more menacing. Um, mm-hmm. And and I felt like um, I felt like they did a good job of you not being able to figure out one way or the other who the killer was actually going to be at the end. Like you figured yes. you figured from the beginning that it wasn't going to be Harry Warden. Like that was just kind of a, a gimme. But you didn't know who it was going to be. Um, and so I thought that was really well done because I wouldn't have, I didn't guess. And I, I mean, I, I just watched the movie the other night and I was like, yeah, no, still would not have guessed this. So, um, yeah, no, even, even when you know it, it, it really, when you, uh, upon rewatching, it really isn't super clear. Like the red yeah. herrings are really good. Yeah. And I appreciate that because horror movies fail at that so often these days. Like even if you are, you know, a horror aficionados and like we typically are watching these films, you pick them out and you're just like, Oh, you didn't even try. Um, yeah. So to have one that, that, that really does get you is, is nice. I love that they don't, they don't ever really go into why he did it. He, I mean, I don't think the characters even find out because you just have that little flash in his head. His father well, died at yeah. the hands of Harry Ward. Right, you have it's that memory. So, it's, it's creepy that there's just something going on behind his eyes and the other characters don't understand why he did it and then he runs off laughing hysterically it's that's really unsettling that they will never find out why it happened well i think that i'm trying to remember i think that they say when they um catch him at the end that i think the the police officers or someone says that his father was murdered on that day um, by Harry Warden. Yeah, I think he does mention something in passing, but it's just dropped at the end because it's right, you know, it's at the very end of the movie. So nobody's really thinking about it. I mean, you spend the whole time thinking they're just fighting over this girl, you know, but it couldn't clearly be either of them because they just want to slap each other's asses in the shower. <laughs> Nothing more harmful than that, guys. <laughs> I love Bella's subtle backstories. <laughs> I just want to slap people's asses in Bella. the shower too, but I don't actually want to kill them. Usually, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> usually, <laughs> every once in a while. Usually, yeah. <laughs> this is an important caveat. It is. It is. <laughs> but no, I think it's it's really good fun. I, it holds up really well. Honestly, it, it does hold really up does. really incredibly well. Um, even even for giggling occasionally at the accents and giggling oh, occasionally at the entire like man child shower scenes and um and and the ridiculousness of of trying to to figure out what the uh the character Sarah actually wants like who she actually wants to be with like even looking beyond all of that it, it holds up spectacularly well the kills are really original and creative and mm-hmm. and I would imagine Imagine if you've seen the the um, the one that they they remastered with all the gore put back in it that it's particularly gory. I did not have the opportunity yes. to see that one, and I have not ever. Oh, it's fantastic! So I it's even get fantastic. it. I just get it without it, and it's still fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, um, and of course, we're talking about um, the infamous, infamous six minutes of footage that were removed to get the movie an R rating instead of an X rating, right? And to really reinforce that tourism, guys, like, yeah, really yeah, drive know, that home. This is a place you want to visit, Cape Breton. If you saw those six minutes, then that would just ruin the town for you completely. That's what did it. yeah that really paints it in a bad bad light (laughs) don't go there you can never go there (laughs) but um but even with all of that it's still a phenomenal film and it holds up spectacularly well and and i am honestly surprised that it didn't get it didn't get a slew of of sequels and it didn't become this talked about point of horror. Like Harry Warden doesn't seem to be the horror icon that he should be. Um, I definitely, definitely agree with that. I mean, let's talk about the minor for a second then. Sure. Um, no matter what decade he's from, I find him super terrifying. Real miners look terrifying. Oh yeah. Did he need terrifying. to be a supernatural revenge killer? Probably not, but it works. Uh, totally 
works. But I mean, this is an era of supernatural revenge kills. Sure. So, I mean, and unexpected, unexpected killers, you know, that unexpected reveal. And because it's a mask, it's something that can keep coming back again and again and again. Just like Michael Myers could have been anyone again and again and again. Right. Because of that goddamn mask. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I really do think that that um, Harry got, got Harry got the shaft. <laughs> but um, um, but it's I'm true. here all week. Try the deal. <laughs> it's true though. He he really did because it's it's a terrifying it's terrifying because just like with Michael Myers, he's in that you know that jumper thing. So you don't see the the coveralls. So you don't see mm-hmm. any defining characteristics of the. the person inside and then he wears a mask that has those two giant eyes that just reflect you so that's horrifying um and then you know miners are generally in pretty good shape because they use a pickaxe and have to you know do a lot of hard fucking labor like that's terrifying that that's coming after you Um, absolutely so we've got we've got abnormal strength we've got a weapon that has a really good reach on it like this is not a machete yeah this has some decent reach um the darth vader the darth vader breathing yes which i mean i don't know about you guys but breathing in movies like with no sound except breathing totally doesn't turn me on at all oh god it makes me tear i can't watch movies like gravity and shit i'm like oh god breathing again i gotta go (laughs) absolutely hate it um and hate it as in it gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies so super effective um like and just a super scary silhouette like and i love the point that you made bella about the um the uh the eye holes in that mask yeah there is no worse reflection than your terrified face unless you get in which case well exactly (laughs) exactly how horrible yeah how horrible that your last sight is the light dying from your eyes yeah it's it's so unsettling and i think it deserves so much more credit than than what it's given and then what was given to other slasher icons of its time because i feel like it was a missed opportunity and i don't think that they did it justice in the 2009 3d oh good lord no good lord no it's the opposite of justice it's (laughs) yeah Honestly, I'm kind of glad that there weren't a slew of sequels because, uh, I mean, just like where, you know, Jason and Michael ended up, I think it stands alone as such a powerful little movie. And it's, you know, the last image of him living and whispering to himself as he runs away with his arm chopped off is it's so <laughs> creepy that I think I would like to leave him there just not knowing what happened to him. <laughs> Maybe he went on a murder spree the next Valentine's Day really creepy (laughs) yeah i mean i can definitely appreciate that um because we know he would end up in space and that's (laughs) oh my god because that's where all slashers go to die space but but but, but if they're mining the moon that's fucking i know but that yeah because then you have like this cool alien mashup that could have happened like the could-haves are incredible to think about although i do appreciate that this is you know essentially you can see the face i'm making right now (laughs) is it your o face (laughs) it might just be like i it might be it might be by oh my god i'm gonna write this (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah i just i love that it's a i love that it is a one-off um essentially but the potential for for it to have been something bigger is also there and um and it's rare that i i say wow i want more of this um definitely it's a lot of people it it's absolutely and it's a funny thing too because the um the industry like mining itself um was kind of on the decline Mm -hmm. as we went through the 80s as well which you know what better what better route for this kind of revenge slasher than your livelihood dying out right and i think i think it's fantastic and i do think i will give that to the remake that it gave a lot of nice motive to the older miners with the uh the pending impending sale yes of the mine so i do appreciate that they kind of 
took that. And of course, it's um, it's logical to think that they're talking about coal mining, which North America was moving away from at that time. There was a lot of problem with pollution. Um, but I mean, so many communities were built upon that, especially, you know, in the eastern eastern states and in eastern Canada. Yeah. I mean, half of half of Rita McNeil's career is built off of mining disasters. <laughs> If you don't know who Rita McNeil is, go look it up. (laughs) One of the things that kind of pissed me off about the remake, actually, is that they had that potential to make that a really interesting subplot. They gave it lip service, but it was mostly just an excuse to, like, shout at Jared Jensen. Oh, my God, I always get the super technical guys picked up. Jensen, I thought that just uh, an excuse for them to sort of yell at him and to deflect suspicion off him I think was their main reasoning for it I wish they had like gone a little bit more in depth into it about you know why this is such a horrible thing for the town that he is going to close the mine mm-hmm. yeah absolutely okay so let's uh let's flow into talking about this um 3D remake nightmare disaster <laughs> um <laughs> released in 2009 um it's literally been almost 10 years since i watched this movie i watched it today and i wish i'd waited another 100 years to watch it (laughs) what a pile of wet garbage um one of the taglines for the film is get your heart broken really literally and figuratively if you love the original this remake will rip the shit out of your chest yeah yeah it's gone I didn't. I, I don't despise it as much as you do, um, <laughs> because I, I found some things about it redeemable. And I'm not saying it was a lot, but there were some things that I found redeemable. Um, but I don't think that it holds up to the original at all. Like no. not even a little bit. Um, I think that this is a movie I definitely could have gone without ever having seen, and. Um, <laughs> And I think that uh, that it definitely deserves to be talked about, you know, why it's really not that great. Um, because yes. it's not that great. <laughs> it's so poorly compared to the original, which is kind of timeless. And the gore effects in the original are so creepy even today. But like the 3D in the remake is awful. Watching oh, it on Lord, a it's screen is so cringeworthy. Seeing things just being like flung at your face every two minutes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I did not watch it in 3D, so I didn't have to deal with that. Nobody did. <laughs> Nobody fucking watches this in 3D. Because I'm not a 3D fan. So um, <laughs> that's that doesn't fly with me, so I did not do that. But Okay, so let's let's say something nice about it first before we rip it to shit. I like the um, opening a lot. The the news clippings with the uh, opening credits and the voiceovers of the radio and TV reports. Um, yes, I, I did pause so I could read some of the little news reports because I do find those very interesting. Yeah, I'm a sucker for opening openings like that that give you the backstory there instead of, you know, in monologue um, and voiceovers for the radio and TV reports rather than, you know, a voiceover of a character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A good part of that is because of, of my love of, of Romero who uses TV and radio reports to give you all of the shit that you need to know moving forward in the movie. Yes. So there's that. Um, but also I'm just a really big fan of, of, you know, like old newspaper clippings and shit like that. So so I liked that element uh, right off the bat of, of, of the remake. Um, mm-hmm. I think that might be it. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else what else there is um, the entire time you were talking trying to think of like at least one thing that I liked it was hard um, honestly I think the, the only things I really liked were the things that they did do some justice to paying homage to from the original like the mm-hmm. death with the washing machine and uh, when the miner is walking down the passageway smashing out the light bulbs yes like those moments were still effective. Yeah. Um, and I actually quite liked the little flashing effect they did switching between the, oh my God, I've forgotten his name again, Jensen Ackles. I've got IMDb open for this exact reason. Um, <laughs> thing between Jensen Ackles and his uh, alter ego is the minor. Uh, that was kind of a, a cool effect as he's smashing out the bulbs. 
it was unnecessary probably, but it was, I'll, I'll give it that. That's my yeah, one thing. It was, it was <laughs> effective. Was okay. It was effective. <laughs> I think the problem is, is that everything, everything that happens is just kind of either, Hey, they just did exactly what they did in, in the original only just with, you know, new technology, I guess. And then it was all just kind of meh. Like, you know, they tell you in the beginning that, oh, he's killed 22 people. Okay, but you didn't see him kill those 22 people. It's just an opening scene on a bunch of fucking dead, you know, bodies and body parts strewn everywhere. I could see that in an orgy. Like, get out of here. <laughs> I don't, you know, come on now. So, what kind of orgies are you going to, Bella? The right kind. Uh, they're sacrificial they're sacrificial um no like i just i I didn't feel like the minor was menacing at all i wasn't afraid of him um and and it kind of cocked up his his backstory because i think in the original it was more effective that he ate the other miners than just that he killed them to preserve his air i feel like it lost just a little bit of creepiness there yes and also one of the reasons to explain why he's insane because i think any situation that causes you to eat a person is going to drive you insane sure absolutely but i mean just being down there and being like hey man you're using up all my air bye yeah you know that's just that's just a cold-blooded killer fine whatever we've got a lot of yeah it's not it's not interesting you know and it's no there's no reason for him to be a twisted serial psycho killer right like no uh, reason to be obsessed with valentine's day right well i mean i guess if if you're ignoring all of the red herrings which they threw at you a million at a time um to try and those red herrings were the smallest red herrings possible they and that's why there was literally nothing about this movie and as soon as Jensen Eccles watched it, I'm like, oh, well, that's him. Well, yeah, and that's why I think there are so fucking many of them. Like, oh, it could be this person. It's not fucking that person. Like, come on now. Um, so, you know, what we're supposed to think is that, oh, he experiences teenage trauma on Valentine's where he, one, didn't even see his friends get murdered because he was in the dirt. <laughs> you know, like, come on now. Like, you didn't even turn around to witness it, you giant pussy. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, so, so we're just supposed to believe that this caused him this huge traumatic experience. Meanwhile, Sarah was one of the ones who almost got murdered, and she's fucking working at the grocery store like nothing even happened. Yeah, she's just fine. So, why is everyone else so stable, Jensen? What's right? going on? Right? God damn it. Where's your brother when you need him? how the movie portrays his split personality because it's just it's so poorly handled like it's like it's a, a flipped at the end like oh, yeah. all the way through he thinks he's normal he thinks harry's out there and killing people and it's as soon as somebody else points it out to him and it's like the switch flips and he's like oh yeah it's me i'm crazy Woo! yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then it's we either- get all that that retconning flashback yes you see him you know locking himself in the little cage and all that shit yeah, i'm pretty sure they went fucking notice if it was locked if he'd like done that from the inside there must be some way to tell yeah it's it was very frustrating plus the 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 try the way they tried to sell it off as being supernatural like oh no harry is inside you like no motherfuckers this is not some weird cult twist ending now you've made it a supernatural twist ending and i hate you and I hate you <laughs> because it's just lame. You didn't set anything up for us to to deal with that or to process that or to appreciate that. And it's just it's just bullshit. It's really lazy. And I don't think they had any. I think they just didn't know what else they were going to do. I think they just wanted to remake this movie and show that they could kill a bunch more people. Mm-hmm. Also show that they could have a woman run around nude for like seven minutes, which let me tell you, I love me some gratuitous nudity. Like, you're going to stick some titties in my face. I'm going to watch. But this just felt like an overabundance of gratuitous nudity in in that first kill. Like, this is just a way to keep some, you know, barely pubescent boys in their seat. Like, watch this. I looked at the the IMDb trivia for, um, for the remake, and apparently that scene, the actress is supposed to grab a sheet and wrap a sheet around herself as Mm -hmm. she ran out to um, throw the gun at the dude. Um, But the actress just could not do the scene without dropping the sheet. (laughs) 
So she was like, fuck it, I'll just do it naked. And it was apparently her request to do it fully nude. Okay, so I, I can understand. I admire that. But yeah. the scene itself is so fucking pointless. I think, yeah. I think I could have appreciated it more if it had been like, okay, I get the anger and running out nude to take deal with this thing because, you know, that's something that you need to fucking deal with. Yes, yeah, shoot that bastard for recording you without permission, you know? <clears throat> that's fine. But then the minor could have killed her right there in the parking lot. Instead of chasing her. Right. We didn't need an extra like seven and a half minutes of her like somebody else in to kill as well. They bring like a little woman in just I think just for the shock value of oh we killed a little woman as well. Just to make the scene a little bit. Look how diverse our killing is. Yeah. That's I, for, as far as I can see. That's the only reason they took it back into the house, uh, into the motel, rather than yeah, yeah. They just but wanted at least, yeah. At least the uh, at least the dog survived. Um, and a nice that's little true. extra tidbit: the uh, the trucker doing doing the uh, the videotaping and the calling her a whore and everything uh, is the screenwriter. Oh, of course, oh. He is. buddy, you wrote that for yourself. <laughs> of course, he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's so tasteful. Well, it's so tasteful. Well, he also wrote Jason X, so you know. <laughs> it puts things Is in perspective. Is there a God in this world, man? <laughs> <laughs> that should have been a dead giveaway. So, um, on that note, we can talk about how fucking misogynistic this film is. Holy oh, Dinah. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Every it's- woman is treated like garbage, including our final girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking physically abused, mentally abused, by like random strangers too. Yeah. Verbally abused. Like, fuck <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's not a pretty, it's, it's not a pretty scene for any of the women in this movie. And it's hard for me to figure out why, because it felt like they had to go out of their way to treat the women in this movie that way. Yeah. There was no need for it. There's none of that in the original. Yeah. No. No. It's like, I think that would stand out. Yeah. It was very much equal opportunity murder in the original. And this one felt very pointed as in, we're going to kill all the women. Yeah. As weirdly as possible. As brutally as possible. I think in the original. Yeah. I think in the original too, they had those, they had one moment each where the men were having a conversation about the women and the women were having a conversation about the men. And it was an equal opportunity kind of like jab at both sexes. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's forgivable. Cause you kind of see the way that, that you josh around like with your friends, like, ha ha ha, you know? So, but in this one, it was just, there was never any of that. There was no give or take between the women and the men. There was no conversation between the women at all, except for the chick that the sheriff was banging to try and tell the wife that, you know, he's banging me. But yeah, that's it. That that was literally it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are, there are some things I long for from the eighties with, you know, the uh, the one or two shining moments where people writing dialogue and writing scripts have actually had conversations with real people or listened to real people <laughs> speaking about random you things. You are just asking for way too much now, lady. It <laughs> feels like it sometimes. It does feel like it sometimes. It's like asking Rob Zombie to actually listen to a conversation between a bunch of like, you know. Conversations with people. Women don't have those. What are you talking about? <laughs> We only talk to the bread as we're making sandwiches. <laughs> I talk to bread all the time. I do too. <laughs> Usually when I'm eating it, I love you so much. <laughs> totally. That's exactly. It. You're going to go straight to my hips and I don't even care. <laughs> uh, all right. So speaking of lazy shit, um, I know that this is, uh, a 2009 film and no one is quote unquote woke yet but the whole mental institution storyline I know it's from the original and in the 80s that was like super legit they put you in mental hospitals for all kinds of stuff yeah but it, it feels lazy here and that he's taking pills to quiet the voices yeah plus their timeline is all fucking weird like okay if everything happened 10 years ago but he was only like you know 
in a mental institution for seven years. What the fuck was he doing for those other three years? Just killing people? <laughs> I mean, just. he was just having a good time, not aging a single day, just like everybody else. <laughs> That's true. Right? Just had a time. That's what true. is this time vortex that this village lives in? That's true. And my favorite thing about it is that they didn't even try with the aging. Like the girl just takes her hair down uh, like and stops wearing a hat or something like that. It's, that's their only attempt to... I think she was less blonde. I think she was less blonde. <laughs> More effort than I recognized yeah. in the films. And, and I think <laughs> they cut the sheriff... That guy, that the actor, they cut his hair. Oh yes, that's right, and gave him some facial hair. Yeah, that was little hair. Yeah, his little chin. So he didn't look twelve anymore. Right now he looks like sixteen. So that was helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Common, the aging was done perfectly in this film, just completely. (laughs) I mean, I I really did appreciate the jump ahead for ten years. I thought that that was really interesting because it it gave you, you know, like in the original, Tom just came back and you had no fucking clue where he was or why he was. Gone or why they were upset about him having been gone or how long he was gone, and so it kind right. of I mean, that was it was decades. It was decades earlier, but this is very specific. Yeah, so that was just kind of like an open ended thing in the original, but it was just also kind of a throwaway thing. In this one, it was part of the the plot, but it was also like, oh, so it's kind of like you just ran around the corner for a second, tussled your hair, and came back, and you're like, ten years later, <laughs> that's not really how. <laughs> You know, and how could you be that fucking miserable in your marriage and have this child and be miserable in your marriage? And then this guy comes back and you just think, oh, we'll just pick up right where we left off. What? That's not how that works. Like, come on. Like, I know I'm cheating on you and everything with this side piece that I've got that also works for you and is your employee, but it's a small town. No one will know. But hey, I'm really upset about this other guy coming to town that you used to date. Well, that really, that really, that really fries my grits, man. Listen, she was his wife. He owned her. He's allowed to have sex with everything else, but nothing else is allowed to have sex with her. That is how marriage works. Those are the rules. I read them in a book from 1924. It's got to be in the fine print on the marriage certificate. I have to look at that again. I think it's in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely missed that part. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, it's all around problematic. It really is. But it's not so... And I think that that's what I'm struggling with, is that it's not a good movie. It's very problematic, but it's not so offensive that I can hate it. I feel like that's just a waste of energy for me. So it's just meh. I'll never well, it, falls, it falls into that... that that most heinous of categories for horror films and and that it's completely forgettable. That's true. It's a film that you hate when you're watching it because you have to be reminded and it is as boring and stupid as it is. And then you turn it off, go about your life and you just completely forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're reminded of how great the original is and you're like, oh, why am I watching this and not the original? (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, anyway. I rewatched the remake first before doing this podcast because I wanted to save the... I knew I would need that palette. And so I think that's the right way to watch these films if you're if you're planning a double feature, which you don't need to. Just 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 watch the original. <laughs> if think, you are, if you do want to make yourself suffer. I think that's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. Because yeah. Reverse order so you can clean your brain. That's right. After seeing the remake. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I knew this podcast is just gonna be a bunch of inane groping. <laughs> I mean, that's mostly what podcasts are when I'm on it anyway, but, um, okay. (laughs) Groan, groan, grunt, pass the drinks, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. And I, I went into it, you know, I tried to go in it with a really open, with a really open mind. Cause I knew that you hated it. Um, my, my, uh, <laughs> my very special friend, Mark loves it. And, um, so really? I was like, all right, I gotta be somewhere in the middle here and watch this, you know, trying to watch it unbiased. And so I tried to find things that I appreciated about it. And I think that's where I come out in the middle and I'm just like, meh, you know, and that is unforgivable, I think for a horror movie. And, and at the end of the day, that's, that's what makes it so terrible is that it's just, you know, you don't want to make this a movie based on a, you know, a remake of such a great film, make another one that everyone just doesn't, you know, doesn't care for. Well, I mean, you're going to be remaking. Yes. 
like it's so bad that people remember it and they have stuff to really complain about. Like to go hard or go home, man. Well, oh, and that really, was the like thing. if you're yeah. gonna make a terrible movie, make a terrible. Yeah, it wasn't even terrible bad. It was just bad. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah. So, and I and I think that that's that's just where um, I just don't. I'm not on board with it. I'm not. It did make me want more Valentine horror movies, though. Of which there are a few. Um, they're not spectacular. <laughs> yeah, and that, see, that's the thing. <laughs> that, there's the rub. <laughs> no, they're not great. They're not great. Yeah, a, a holiday horror is um, this particular holiday, anyway. Yeah, no, that's true. Hold on. Let's let's see what other Valentine horror movies there are. Okay. Other than, you know, Valentine. the one that's actually called Valentine. And that has, like, I think the killer has nosebleeds, and that's, like, the twist of it. Like, that's how they find out who it is, because he has a nosebleed for his mask. But they also, like, <laughs> set up. <laughs> like, so all the red herrings make no sense. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Valentine movie is Hellraiser. <laughs> I agree. That's your favorite. That's your favorite every time movie, though. That's true. <laughs> that is very, very true. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's talk about Mighty Billy Valentine as a as a slasher, um, especially. And of course, we're going back to the original. So, especially for for the time where our slashers were set up as the stock and slash kind mm-hmm. of kind of formula with um, with Halloween and with Friday the Thirteenth. <clears throat> specifically the first one um, which this does follow oh sorry if you can hear that siren that's a our fire siren oh yay it's raining hopefully it's not anything serious so we have we don't have do we get, do we get killer pov i can't even remember um in the original yeah yes once i believe thank you okay um, but it's not a whole lot, um, which I'm okay with, actually. Um, and I, I like that you don't really see a lot of the stalking part. Like, you don't have to follow him around. He just appears, and I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It makes it's sense. in the mines when he just kind of pops out of the darkness because there are so many dark spaces down there. But he, and he, it's his territory as well. It's not like he's stalking you in your own house. Right. He knows the mines. Right. Yes. Oh, my God. He's the equivalent of Jaws. <laughs> just saying <laughs> he lives in the water to go back into the mine exactly <laughs> <laughs> you go into the miner's home in your own fault <laughs> that's right <laughs> into his trap <laughs> we're we're writing ads for spelunking and we don't even know it yeah (laughs) if you needed a career change this is it i know spelunking ads (laughs) do it again do it again (laughs) i do quite i do quite enjoy that And, and that is a really nice analogy with jaws that he kind of just appears and not not really just out of nowhere but out of the background just melts out of the shadows Mm mm-hmm which is really lovely. Where in in the remake, he just kind of like walks through doors and murders people. Yeah, yeah. Like with the with the laundry room kill. A that was a washing machine and not a dryer. I'm pretty sure my washing machine doesn't get that hot. <laughs> murdering someone in it. Yeah, and I don't think it's big it's enough. Like that's gotta be a really big washing machine. Like, bitch, how many clothes are you washing a day? Yeah. That's a big washing machine. Yeah. To put a body in. And she, in and she wasn't home. small. <laughs> this is not this is not a home washing machine. This is like an industrial. That's why I liked it so much in the laundromat with the industrial dryer. That shit gets hot. Yeah. That never occurred to me before. It makes so much more sense in the original. Yes. Absolutely so much more sense. Like, have you ever put on a pair of jeans that have come right out of one of those dryers? That shit burns you. Oh, you'll like, get a second belly button if you put that button on your skin. It's ridiculous. See? Exactly. Yeah. Your home dryer does not get that hot. Your home washing machine definitely doesn't get that hot. No, you need safe words with those dryers. Hell yes. It's crazy. Yeah, I just, (laughs) even with him in in the remake, even with him just walking through the doors, which was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's what you, you just walk through the door. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's like broad daylight and he's walking through the fucking front door of the house. Okay, that's fine. I think the problem is, is that... I don't know if it was the same person always playing him in every single scene, but every single scene he seemed to be a different size. So like in one scene, he would walk through the door and like take up the whole door frame. And then in the next scene, he would walk through the door and he'd be like this 
scrawny little minor dude. And I was just like, I don't understand. Are there two of them? And then I thought, oh, that's very screamy of them. Like, maybe they're not going to go that route. Right. That would be, that well, would be just foolish. the one minor. <laughs> right. Minor. Right. So, um, <laughs> So, yeah, so there was also that there was a a massive inconsistency in how um, I don't know, in how um, daunting he appeared. I'll give the remake one point of kudos. There was one scene that kind of actually got me now that I think about it. And it's when he goes back to kill one of the original four men. And it, as the guy's walking to his front door, it establishes that there's something off to his right-hand side. There's like a corridor and you think, okay, he's going to look out the front door and he's going to come back and the killer's going to be on the right-hand side down that corridor. And he checks side and he comes back, he walks past that and the killer comes from the left-hand side. And that kind of surprised me. And I'm like... Is that the one where he that. rips off the bottom jaw? No. No. No, uh, no he, he impales his eye on the... Oh, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It mm-hmm. reminded me of a... Have you guys seen The Exorcist 3 where there's the, the nun that comes like... Oh, yes! Yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of, but not as good. No, but definitely not as good. And that's Exorcist 3 we're talking about here, people. <laughs> we're setting a low bar. Low bar. <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoy Exorcist 3, but... Come on. <laughs> it's very, very good. For different reasons. Different reasons. <laughs> very different reasons. And uh, Bill, I'm glad you brought up that job because I wanted to come back. I wanted to circle back to that shit ass 3D. <laughs> that might have been the worst 3D effect to watch in 2D. <laughs> it was all CGI blood and it was like it looked like plastic balls being tossed at your head. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pretty. <laughs> no. Much better in 3D. I'm not gonna lie. Like no, you can see it in the first place, and that was true of hot, most of the 3D. Like when a, a branch comes, a car or something. Yeah, it's so gratuitous. It's like, uh, why? Because yeah. they had 3D and they could. Because see, that's why'd you climb the mountain? Because it was there, right? I don't. I don't. Why'd you do that? Because it's 3D. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um... All of the advertising for this movie when it first came out was so, like, it's in 3D. This movie is going to, like, jump out the screen and rip out your heart. It was so over the top. And that's the thing I remember most about when the film actually came out, because I was too young to see it. I didn't see it for years after that. It was, like, hyped up as this, like, big 3D experience. And then afterwards, like, nobody was talking about it because it clearly wasn't very good. Because it was clearly so fucking forgettable that even in 3D, you're like, what? <laughs> what just happened? My uh, my other complaint with the 3D was right at the end, and I'm not even going to say spoiler alert because if you haven't seen it, you don't need to see it. Um, when it's right at the end, and it's that final jump scare where he puts the pickaxe through his rescuer's eye, and it comes through the screen, and it's like that breaking fourth wall plus the killer POV, and I'm just like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we talk about that ending for a second, too? Yes, please, because it did set it up for some sequels. It did, but I have... necessarily. I have a problem because even if you're going to go the whole, no, it's supernatural. The spirit of Harry is just in his body. You still fucking blew up a body. You blew it up. (laughs) There was a giant fucking explosion. There were flames. And he wasn't even scorched. Nope. Not even a little dusty. Nope. There was a chance that they could have shown him, like, they could have cut away before it actually exploded, implying that he, like, got out of the way and, like, ducked down a mine or something, and that's why he was fine. But no, they chose to literally show him getting exploded right next to the Thrown across the room by the explosion. Yeah, and he just walked away with that. Like, they didn't even take the prosthetics of the melty face in the dryer slash washing machine and put some on him so that we could say, oh, hey, look, he got a little burned. Nope, nothing. Yeah. He's just going to walk away free and clear. (laughs) I was just some gel effects. It takes five seconds. I was mad about that. One of the fans upset because, like, pretty gentle and Ackles got all mangled. Then nobody would see the sequel. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but I would. But I, you know, <laughs> that's long as that <laughs> It's true. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm actually really glad that the remake did so poorly that we didn't get the slew of sequels that we were hoping would happen for the original. Yes, I agree with you. So 
so much on that one. Like I am so glad. Injury. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, that would have been a whole other podcast where we did nothing but bitch about the five sequels and then them in space. Cause you know, they would fuck that up too. I know. Oh my God. (laughs) But I'm actually really super dedicated to writing this, like my bloody Valentine's face. I can't wait to read it. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am here for this. Yeah, I think I think that um, I think that you need to just watch the only watch the original. If you watch the remake, make it a drinking game if you can. Have nine one one on speed dial just in case. And um, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Every time, every time you spot a poorly written red herring, take a drink. Oh my god, you'll die! Don't do that. <laughs> I mean, or do and take pictures because I want to see that shit online. But um, is Vine a thing anymore on YouTube? I don't fucking know. Where do the kids do things these days? Um, I'm old. Snapchat me? I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think, whew, all those red herrings. All of them. And then I kept thinking, you know, they really want you to believe it's the sheriff, but I know it's not going to be the sheriff, but they really want you to believe it's the sheriff. Uh. <laughs> I think my problem with how that was set up is that the sheriff was just a shit. Yeah. He couldn't he have was done it anyway because yeah. he's just too much of a shit. Yep. I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of, I, like, slasher movies are supposed to have someone you can root for. You're supposed to love the final girl girl you're supposed to be super betrayed when the killer is revealed as one of your favorites yeah you know scream did scream did that really well you felt sympathy for these characters you felt empathy for what they went through and then when the final reveal happened you were like yeah this one you're just like uh kind of saw that coming from the okay yeah exactly you guys did not do your job particularly well no, but I mean, he was really invested in writing that sex scene in the first 10 minutes. Wow. Was he ever? <laughs> <sighs> like I said, I am all, I am for it, but damn, damn, but damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. You know, when Bella has to boo your sex scene and your gratuitous nudity, something is wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> a Bella Boo is not as good as a Bella Boo. Exactly. Exactly. It's like when you know when I call out a movie for being misogynistic, you know it's bad. Like <laughs> this is over the top bad. Fucking <laughs> live movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is a fucking line. There is. It's thin. It's it's thin, and it. But it's there. It's there. Um. But yeah, I just the just ran over the loser. Just oh. <laughs> there. Fill in the mine, and we're done. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I will tell you. To, tell you to blow it up, but they're not very good at that. Apparently. No. <laughs> Their explosions have no what? teeth. Nope. Uh, oh, teeth. Hey, that's another good Valentine movie. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. <laughs> Romance, intrigue, vagina dentata. See? That only took me three fingers of scotch to get there. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shit I'll tweet oh, in an hour. Who knows? <laughs> Bella. Yes. I forgot to tell you, and this is a detail that only you and I will find. Um, the guy who did the makeup effects is our favorite Gary J. Tonicliffe, the <sighs> director of Hellraiser Judgment. I saw that in the opening credits, and I, I was like, oh, hey, that dude. <laughs> Except I didn't say dude. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who are not familiar with our feelings on... <laughs> I'm Gary J. Tunnicliffe. You should listen to our Hellraiser podcast. Yes, yes, you should. Um, uh, and the uh, the mini so that we will be recording about Hellraiser Judgment very soon, very soon. God damn. We say mini so, but it'll be like four hours of us bitching. I know. <laughs> what am I saying? Mini sode. It really does explain the uh, the amount of unnecessary nudity um during the uh discovery of the hearts yes and that the the victims have had their hearts ripped out yes because while in the original it was really just literally a hole in their chest that harry had punched into it Mm -hmm. harry slash axel had punched into it this was like a full-on shirt open surgical precision 
um, chest opened, breasts exposed. It was, it was unnecessary. Yes, it was. And I would say that, yeah. And I I would say that, you know, Hey, maybe it was so that they could show off this amazing effects work and it wasn't bad effects work, but this guy has been doing effects for a long time. We don't yes, need, he does, he does beautiful work. Yeah. We don't also need to see how he has mutilated this, this woman's boobs. Like we don't need to see that 40 times, no. you know, once it's is cool. Not, it's twice necessary. I can deal with beyond that. I'm just like, okay, come down, come on now. You know, <laughs> like, you know, I've always, there's, there's a rule in comedy where, and I think it applies to horror as well. First time. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Second time. Not as amazing. Third time. You better fucking stop. Yeah. Yeah. If it appears anymore after that, just no. Yeah. Just no. It's, it's telling, you know? Um, yes. It's very telling about the personality of that effects artist and of the writer, director, and, and what they're after. Um, and clearly... Well, I think we know what... I think we know what the writer was after. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yes. When I saw his name, though, I did. I did go, oh, hey! Because I knew that you and I would be able to, get, like, have that knowing nod. Like, yeah. We know. <laughs> we, know we know what's happening. We know. <laughs> So, oh well. <laughs> All right. So, what what does my bloody Valentine mean for slashers? Where does the minor fit? Where does where does our darling Harry Warden fit? Did, he, he fits in a place that that should exist and doesn't, frankly, because he's, as we about, he's such an interesting character with such a unique look for a slasher killer. I mean, sure, he's a masked killer, but it's such a old mask that really will fuck with your nightmares. And I just, it's, it baffles me that he is not seen among the pantheon of slasher killers. Mm-hmm. He's not one of the ones that people remember. No, which is completely unfortunate um, because he is interesting. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying that I I don't find the, uh, the Neapolitans of horror um, uninteresting, but I kind of do. Yeah. At this point, yeah, at this point they are boring at at this point. It's, uh, you know, they've, they've just been in your face way too much. Whereas Mm -hmm. even if I think, even if we had gotten a handful of, of sequels with Harry, I think it would have taken them longer to, to get to space as it were with him than anybody else. And I think at that point, um, we still wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been as in our face. I don't think his, I don't know. There's something about his backstory and about what he's doing and why he's doing it. That doesn't seem to lend itself to, to what has become of, you know, of the big three. Yes. And I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And I don't know if it's that just because we haven't seen it happen with him, but I just don't feel like, you know, what they were doing with him as a killer and why, and why I just don't don't think that I would have, that we would have seen that happen. So, um, quietly unsettling in his backstory than, than the others, which are a little bit more in your face. I mean, that's even talking, you know, by characters like Jason who don't speak, but like, he's very kind of out, he's there and he's stabbing everyone. Um, the mayor is like drifting in his own little space in this one small damaged town in, Mm -hmm. in the mines down in his own domain. Yeah. It's, he's a little bit more quiet and a little bit more strange. And his backstory is, you know, just hint that not really fully explained. I think that's a lot more, that's a lot more scary than yeah. a killer who the other killers have had their backstories explained and over explained over the course of seven or eight films. Mm-hmm. But I think that they're just a little bit more kind of out there and noisy. Yeah, right. this, just this is very, very uh, politely Canadian, isn't it? It is. It really is. <laughs> but I also appreciate that it is so straightforward in how to avoid him. Don't throw a fucking Valentine dance. <laughs> you had one job. That's yeah. That's all you have to do to avoid the minor coming to town. So if you only wanted to remake the movie or make a sequel once every ten years instead of once every year, you know, like you could get away with that because you had one thing to avoid: Valentine's Dance. Exactly. Like if that's fucking easy. That's like you have one thing to do if you're running from a killer. Take your fucking high heels off. Like, you know, that that's it. It would be kind of 
fascinating if in the sequels that didn't happen, if the town got wise about that and they stopped throwing Valentine's and stopped celebrating it all together and he got so bored that he just started wandering around other towns looking for places that had Valentine's dances <laughs> because he just needed something to do. Because that's what, what I was thinking do. too. Yeah. But I said, but see, that's where I said, like, it takes a while to get there. And then that's when he ends up becoming like the others because, oh, now he's just going elsewhere to, to do whatever. So That's what I was thinking, like, wouldn't it be great to be like a traveling slasher, <gasps> like visiting mining towns all around, <laughs> you know, the revenge, the, legend the mining revenge. Yes, exactly. The legend of the bloody miner. Like, come on, there's, there's so yeah. much you can do with this. Yeah, I'm here for it. I think we need to still have, just between like the three of us, we need to revive this franchise. I think that's what's happening right now. I, I don't <laughs> know how we're going to make it happen. Right. Since it's on Honey Radio, this is immediately copywritten, just by the way. (laughs) All ideas expressed on Honey Radio belong to us. (laughs) If anyone else comes out with moon mining with a slasher, I'll be really pissed. Oh, man, right? (laughs) Now we put it out there, so somebody's going to do it, bastards. (laughs) Damn it, damn it. Not with all luck, it'll be Gary Tunnicliffe. Oh, why you hurt me like that cat (laughs) (laughs) oh and one of my favorite things about this and I keep forgetting to mention it is um is that Harry Warden doesn't get um anyone doing exposition for him because it's done in his song the ballad of Harry Warden (laughs) and it's amazing and so fucking folky Canadian Oh, or slash to have a folky Canadian song about their backstory. I totally agree. I well, want I mean, a folky Canadian. Jason, song. Jason would have like some banjo picking thing. <laughs> the kid from Deliverance. Aww. <laughs> I want, I want a Canadian folksy song about my backstory. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. That would be awesome. What are, the, what are these new goals I've given you? I know. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to find, I hear that song. I need to find somebody who makes music in Canada. <laughs> Do this thing for me. This is important. I need it. It is. It is very important. <laughs> I need to play it at my funeral. <laughs> Before I come back as a crazy miner for revenge Valentine's Day. <laughs> Before I inhabit the body of the non-scorched Jensen Eccles. <laughs> of all the things to do with Jensen Eccles' unscorched body. Oh, I know. Anyway. I mean, but then technically it would be my body and I could do all kinds of fun things with that. <laughs> no safe words needed. Exactly. <laughs> There's no safe words in possession. <laughs> you can't tap out. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you. Ha ha ha. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Don't get possessed by Bella. <laughs> That's all I want for my Valentine's. <laughs> I'm going to work on that now. <laughs> Astral project to Sam. <laughs> Now I'm gonna lie. <laughs> now I'm kind of curious. Oh, it's happening. Oh, I might actually be dying. Oh my god. <laughs> Don't die. Oh. Don't god. die. You have to do the sign off. <sighs> we should wrap this up. Oh my goodness. <laughs> if you have not seen my bloody Valentine, we have well and truly ruined it. Um, it's true spoilers everywhere if if we haven't if we haven't ruined it for you please go watch it please tell us what you think um i want i want more people on my side for the minor being voted up with uh with michael and jason and freddie yeah perhaps even knocking one of them out of the neapolitan Mm. i don't know if that's i don't know if that's possible i think the bro sifts would come for me but But which one i wonder i know i know who who is the the weakest link oh my goodness oh we should do polls and find out oh my god we'd probably get lit on fire (laughs) (laughs) 
it's winter. Yeah. Seasonal. See? <laughs> Keep us warm at night. So if you're looking for a romantic movie to watch on Valentine's, I think you should watch either Deadpool or My Bloody Valentine. I don't disagree. That's a good double feature right there. I think it actually is. I think you should just watch Deadpool whenever, though. Well, that that too. Yeah. So my, my bloody my bloody is also good whenever. But if you're looking for something seasonally appropriate to enjoy with the love of your life, whether that be your significant other, a pint of ice cream, a bag of chips, or if you're like me, it's peanut butter chocolate. But <laughs> I'm not here to judge. <laughs> Curl up with the original and use the remake as a fire starter. It's true. That's what it's good for. We finally it found is. it. It's good kindling. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I like that it has a purpose now. It does. I have given it new life. Good job. I appreciate that. See, we came full circle. We, we brought did. it back around. <laughs> Say something nice. Except we ended on a positive note, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and if we can end on a positive note so can you you can find more of the horror honeys at thehorrorhoneys.com you can read everything we have to write in belladonna magazine you can support us on patreon if you like what you are listening to do please continue to listen we have hundreds of hours of episodes (laughs) itunes and stitcher and kind of randomly scattered all over the interweb. So if you search for Honey Radio, you will find us mm-hmm. or you'll wish you had. <laughs> My name is Kat. You can speak to me on the Twitters at Horror Honeys, H-O-R-R-O-R-H-O-N-E-Y-S. You can speak to Bella at Miss Bella Blitz, M-I-S-S-B-E-L-L-A-B-L-I-T-Z. And you can speak to Sam. Find me at the Meatus People. That's T H E M E A T I S P E O P L E. It's always the hardest part of the podcast, I swear to God. I'm just going to start making stuff up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lovelies. Let's say a fond fuckity bye to episode two of season five of Honey (laughs) Moon.